Today we're going to reminisce about that grand old year 2008. Obviously not for any good reasons because I don't think anybody remembers 2008 for anything that good that happened. Most people probably remember the most dramatic parts, you know, the Bear Stearns, the AIG, the Lehman Brothers, the, the housing bust and the major economic failure that eventually showed up toward the end of the year. But now 15 years later, what may have been lost in time, what, what's forgotten, the parts about the economy that had many people talking about instead inflation. For a good while there, up before September 2008, policymakers, the media, economists, they were more concerned about inflation pressures getting way out of control, especially with oil prices going up through the roof, than they were about the ultimate consequences of all that stuff going on in the financial markets. And when you step back and look at things from the perspective of a decade and a half on, it's it's eerily similar to what we're facing today. No, we're not facing subprime mortgages. There is no massive housing bubble that's going bust. Although there is a bubble that is going bust in housing. There's a little similarity there. We don't have the prospect of a renewed Lehman Brothers. There's not going to be another Bear Stearns. But in a general overview sense, we have an economy that seems to be doing one thing, at least according to a lot of statistics. Meanwhile, most people are laser hyper-focused on inflation pressures. And so looking back upon 15 years ago, maybe we can, we can see the similarities for what they are and help us understand what we're facing right now. And to help us do that and help me do that, I'm going to bring in my friend, Mr. Stephen Van Meter. Steve, inflation, oil prices, all that stuff. Remember, oil prices got went up through the roof. And I know you remember this. Even one central bank, uh, the, the European Central Bank, decided they were going to hike rates in the middle of 2008 because they were more concerned about inflation. Well, I mean, central banks have to be concerned about something because as we know, and we've talked about, they don't really do anything. So you've got to have some sort of reaction mechanism to pretend that you have some sort of control over this. But you're right, Jeff, we go back to 2008. What did we see? Oil prices were, like you said, were going through the roof. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist or a PhD in economics who works for the <laughs> Fed to figure out here that, hey, if oil prices are going up and we have an energy subcomponent in the consumer price index and all these other components, well, lo and behold, they're tied to gasoline prices and whatnot, that is highly likely that inflation was going to go higher on that one little bit of data point. Now, the broad economy, as you know, the yield curve at this point, it had inverted back in 2005 and it was steepening. It was saying, look, we're running straight into a wall here. So you have these two opposing forces, right? Fed focused on inflation and worried about it. Meanwhile, the economy was rapidly decelerating. We could argue that maybe high energy prices were part of that problem. And so you start to look at now, right? That's, our, that's what we're trying to talk about. What do we see now? You go to listen to Powell, hyper-focused, inflation, 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 we need more rate hikes. And then after the meeting, then, what? We only voted for a quarter percent. Well, shoot, we should have probably had 50 basis points. We've now heard from, from Mester and Bullard. And what are we seeing in the broad economy? Deceleration, deceleration, deceleration. Yeah, I think that's... What's the what's the biggest issue here is how the Fed actually analyzes the risks to the economy. So they're they're looking at inflation, but they're not really looking at inflation. As Steve was saying, 
they're looking at the CPI and trying to hope, really trying to hope that it tells them something important about what's going on in the economy. Whereas the economic data outside of that started to go the other direction. And they said, well, oil prices go up. That's going to be in the CPI. Maybe that becomes inflation expectations. Meanwhile, the economy, the economic data didn't seem all that bad. You know, there were some payroll reports. They were somewhat negative. But GDP was negative in the first quarter, but then came back in the second quarter of 2008. So they thought oil prices are going right to the CPI. Therefore, we're going to have to be more concerned about inflation. When the truth was, as Steve was implying here, they don't really know what's going on. So they have to react to these data and then sort of make a subjective judgment. We all have this idea that they're running all of these, you know, 20,000 Monte Carlo simulations that give them the exact exact details of the underlying economic fundamentals when they're really just looking at the data like we are and putting their own biases into it. So they were biased toward oil prices for one very big reason. They had no idea what was driving oil prices higher. And if you don't know what's driving oil prices higher, you're sort of flying blind. Therefore, they were totally surprised when Lo and behold, in the middle of 2008, what happened to oil prices? They went off a cliff. And then inflation completely disappeared because the economic fundamentals, which drove oil off a cliff, also drove the economy off a cliff much later on. So is there a lesson there, Steve? Should we be more, more focused on what drives inflation itself or what drives consumer prices itself rather than just reacting to the latest CPI number? You know, Jeff, I really like looking at crude oil and gasoline prices. I, I, to me, they're the leading indicators. Why the Fed never seems to ever talk about them is, is really baffling. But maybe another similarity here that we can touch on is I think everyone's buying into this narrative support, obviously propagated by the Fed themselves, that we're going to have a soft landing. So, hey, it's OK that earnings are slowing down. We told you they were. So don't worry about it. And you go. And in fact, as we know, there's never a history where, you know, the federal come out and be like, hey, you know what? Uh, we told you there's a soft land, but we're really sure now we're going to have a recession or a crisis. You, you see the same things get repeated during slowdowns. Hey, this is transitory. Hey, this is a, an effect of higher interest rates. See, we did it. We were tightening financial standards. We told you we we're going to slow things down. But I think as we've looked at, the economy was already decelerating before that. And if it wasn't, then we had the pandemic, which brought a lot of fiscal stimulus. I think this is one of the, Jeff, one of the things that most people overlook and they say, hey, the economy is going to boom. It did boom because people had a lot of money to spend. They don't have that. Now they got the bills from that. And the Fed's trying to suggest we're going to have a soft landing. But of course, as we know, they did the same thing back in 2007 and eight. And then all of a sudden, as you said, oil went off a cliff. Well, everything then started falling off of a cliff. That's the thing here, because they kept saying soft landing, not just in 2007. You know, Bernanke said subprime was contained. Then he started to realize it wasn't contained, that the risks to the economy, that's really the point we're making here. The risks to the economy today are not subprime mortgages in, the, in that type of financial crisis, but we have severe economic risks anyway. And into late 2007 into early 2008, the Fed kept saying, we've got this covered. We've got this handled. Well, maybe subprime wasn't contained, but we did a bunch of new stuff like TAF auctions and other things. We've got this handled. And even by the middle of 2008, 
as oil prices were continuing to go high, they said, we've got the economy covered. It doesn't look great, but it's going to hit a soft landing. And then we're going to have to worry more about oil prices and inflation. We might have to raise rates in the second half of 2008, because once the economy hits its soft landing, then we're going to reignite inflationary pressures. And of course, that was total and complete crap because there was absolutely no chance of having a soft landing. In fact, Steve, do you remember any instance at any time in the, over, say, the last three decades that there was ever a soft landing? They always talk about soft landings. I can't remember an instance where one actually happened. In I 2000, mean, go ahead, Steve. I would say there was a mild slowdown in, say, around 94. Four, but that was more in the early stages of, of an expansion than it was kind of late stage from now. And, and no, Jeff, you're right. I, I don't remember them ever saying it. And a lot of people want to wonder why. Is it because they believe it? Which the answer is yes, they actually do believe it. But you think about this. Imagine if a sitting president, uh, members of Congress, Federal Reserve, a Treasury Secretary, imagine any of these people or worse, multiple come out and say, hey, you know what? We're headed into a really nasty recession. All of a sudden, you'd see stocks go down. You'd see people cut spending. You'd see layoffs. There's no way on their deathbed will they admit that they have got this wrong. So, yes, they have no choice but to believe it because the opposite is they create the thing they're trying to prevent. Yeah, that is definitely a huge part of this, right? Because the, in, the Federal Reserve in particular, it's psychological manipulation, which is really what their policies amount to. They are really afraid that if they come out and say, yes, this economy is going down in flames, whether it, whether it does or not, they'll actually create the situation that leads to the economy going down in flames. If the Fed comes out tomorrow, like in 2008, and says anything other than the economy is doing just fine soft landing, they are deathly afraid that it might have been a soft landing, but by admitting that the risks are severe, they'll create this, this, the uh, circumstances which lead to the opposite. So... We have two problems here. First is whether or not officials, and I'm not, I'm not just talking about central bankers here. I'm talking about the financial media too, because the financial media, as Steve is saying here, is completely on board with the idea of a soft landing because they're always on board with the idea of a soft landing. So we have the idea that, yeah, I think they actually do believe in the soft landing, but the other problem is how would they know if it was or wasn't? And if they did know, would they even tell you? So they're they're never good. They don't know, and even if they did know, they're never going to say one one uh, one way or the other. They're going to tell you that everything is fine right up until the moment, like September two thousand eight, where you realize without a shadow of a doubt everything is not fine. And so I think that is the important similarity now and then is that we have what Steve and I agree are underlying economic risks that are really severe here and really underappreciated in the same way in 2008 that the really severe economic risks were underappreciated for this focus on oil price. Well, not really, as Steve said, not oil prices, but on the consumer price index and not really understanding what was driving the consumer price index or the underlying oil market. Yeah. And Jeff, I want to add to that. You know, we look at this manufacturing data, um, the Fed, we get the regional feds, we get early in the month, we get the ISM a little bit later. And so we get a lot of snapshots at what's going on here. Now, if you go back to 2008, you, you, you would expect and you would see in the charts, so you would see the slowdown in the manufacturing sector, which we're seeing now. What we're not seeing yet is layoffs, which you and I both agree are coming in a matter of months, but they're not here yet. 
And so what that means is when you see these reports come out, all of a sudden you'll get commentary about, hey, they're not laying off. So maybe it's just a short term slowdown. Maybe this is just a soft landing. But there's something that gets interesting to me, Jeff, is when you take a chart of the dollar and you overlay it against these manufacturing surveys, there's a certain kind of relationship you would expect to see. So when the dollar goes up in value, you tend to see where the lag manufacturing activity go down because it's reflecting the dollar in exports or U.S. exports are not as attractive in the global economy makes perfect sense. Then you see the dollar come down, you see the manufacturing sector tend to respond positively with a lag. But back in 2008, and what we're seeing now is we're seeing both side down certain turns in the manufacturing sector, but oddly, the dollar was headed lower in 2008, which doesn't make any sense because I should tell you what I just explained is the manufacturing in the US should be rising. It's doing that now. What Jeff, that's telling me is there is a broad-based slowdown because the reason the dollar is coming down is this lack of demand for dollars. Because when the global economy is growing, people demand the global reserve currency. Now you're seeing a two-fold downturn. In my book, that tells me something much bigger is going wrong. Yeah, there's always the demand the demand side of the dollar exchange value, right? And in that case, if you remember, if people remember going back to 2008, the dollar kept going down. In fact, it, it accelerated to the downside until around Bear Stearns failed. And then we flipped from trade, trade uh, fundamentals to financial and monetary fundamentals. There you had the financial crisis and the dollar screamed higher. I think that's a really key, a real, real serious point here is that, as Steve said, you could tell that something was wrong in the real economy because as usual, global trade is really the bellwether for the overall economic direction, which brings us to recent times. If you go back to the middle part of last year and really November and December of 2022, we don't have a whole lot of data for 2023 just yet, but we do have one point, which I want to get to in a second. What we've seen is a drop in uh, global trade for obvious reasons, the economy, the global, uh, global economy heading toward recession, at least what we think are obvious reasons. And that would make sense, along with some other f uh, monetary factors, why the dollar has suddenly gone in the opposite direction. If there's lower demand for dollars, you don't have the dollar going up, and, going up in the same way. At the same time, we have other things like collateral indications, which suggests better supply of dollars. So better supply of dollars, lack of demand for dollars, the dollar goes down, which is an economic uh, economic indicator for what is, I think, the what is repeatedly the 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 indication telling you where the where the overall global economy is going to end up. And what we got just this week, which I don't know, I I, I want to get your take on this too, Steve. Japan, Japan exports a lot of goods to China. It's one of the few places that actually export goods into China. And what the, the Japanese reported for the month of January 2023, and I just talked about this in a video released yesterday, but it's worth going over again because it was an eye-opening number. Uh, exports from Japan into China during January, reopening. This is supposed to be when things are going really well. Minus uh, 30%. 30% year over year. It's You look at the chart. It's not seasonally adjusted, but it doesn't need to. It's like this. It's crashing. And you wonder what is going on here. And then um, while everybody's focused on inflation, we get these increasingly escalating negative numbers in 
all of these key fundamental economic uh, aspects. And it's, again, it reminds me a lot of early 2008, not about Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers, but the focus on inflation and oil prices, or at least the upside to oil prices at the expense of understanding the real trouble that we're seeing in the real economy. That is a great point, Jeff, because when you, you know, as we talk about global trade, which is really critical, you know, we think about the global economy. If you want to know what's going on, if global trade is expanding and the value of the dollar is rising. So you think of these two things together because you do. If global trade is expanding, the economy is expanding. What you should see is demand for dollars. But it wasn't just Japan's uh, exports to China. What did we have? Singapore non-oil exports crashing. South Korea, there's going to Japan, uh, not Japan, China crash, but even going to the US, I want to say we're down like 30%. I mean, you're looking around, you're saying, wait a minute, the global economy isn't just slowing down. You know, it's like, hey, there's a red light up ahead. And there's not a lot of traffic. I'll just kind of take my foot off the gas and coast. Somebody's pounding on the brakes here. And that's what we're seeing. That's why the dollar is reacting the way it is. Because, of course, what does the Fed tell us? Well, we're tightening monetary policy. What does the media say? Well, that and, and, and experts on Wall Street. Well, the dollar should go up in value and reflect tightening financial conditions. But for some reason, it's not. And that's what we need to be looking at. That's what you and I look at. And we want our fans and our audience to understand is when you start to see things that don't make sense. And in this case, you're seeing exports around the world crumbling and you're seeing a weakening dollar, it tells you structurally something's wrong. As demand crumbles, as Steve was just saying, what is that going to do to the CPI? It's going to do the same thing. It's going to do to the CPI the same as what it did in 2008. It might get, we might get a little bit of a reignition here, but even I'm skeptical, skeptical of that January's bounce in the CPI was anything more than a one-month factor. But with this underlying global demand looking as horrible as it does right now, whether it's a month from now, a couple months from now, CPIs are going to start coming down, maybe even rapidly, which if I recall, Steve, going back to last fall, was sort of your soft prediction about what was going to happen to the CPI. Remember, you and I and Emil had this discussion about what was going to happen to the CPI. And Emil and I were sort of like, well, maybe it'll go down gently over time. And you said, no, I think it gets to a point where, yeah, it goes down gently and then boom. So are we getting to that point? Is that what we're seeing? Because I'll tell you, I looked at some of these export numbers and it's, you're right, it's not just the export numbers. It's not just China. There is a broad impulse of negative demand all over the place. And when you look at how these were eye-opening, really big numbers for January 2023, um, I'm, I don't know. I have to wonder if you were onto something here. Yeah, Jeff, that that was my prediction. I, I I think you're right. We're getting closer to that inflection point. And another thing we can look at, you know, we can look at global trade, we can look at the dollar, and then we can look at crude oil inventories, which were just surging higher. And again, if the economy is soft landing here, which I don't believe it is, but maybe maybe a soft landing in the fact that it's a temporary on the bigger move down. But nevertheless, you shouldn't see these builds starting to happen week after week. And they're not just three or four million. We're talking some big numbers, followed by some more big numbers, followed by some more. And I think that's a big concern here. We're seeing three critical things that are all telling us that we are coming close to this cliff 
And I have a hunch inflation is going to go straight down at some point. And the Fed is, well, if we know what Powell's going to do. He's going to stand up there and, and make up some reason that they couldn't see this coming and they missed the whole thing, but they're going to work on improving it. I think another one of your prediction comes true first. Before they get to that, like the Fed in 2008, again, the similarities are massive here. Like the Fed in 2008, for a month or two, they're going to say, this is a soft landing. We did it. Thank us. You can thank us later. We'll have a parade, all that stuff. And then they'll say, oh, it went too far. And you're right. Oil is a big one. Oil inventories rose by 50 million barrels just in January in the first couple of weeks of February. It's absolutely strikingly what, we, what we're actually seeing in the fundamentals of the economy. Meanwhile, everybody's focused on inflation. So thank you, Steve, for reminiscing with me about one of the terrible years in economic history. And unfortunately, we will hope that we're wrong about 2023. But as the data starts to come in, it looks worse, not better. So thanks again, Steve, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks, Jeff.